Welcome to My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson, a journey into the deepest teachings of Torah and their application to our personal, emotional, and psychological lives. A good tevach, a good week. We continue our journey in the life-changing Sefer Tanya. This program is made possible by Rena Lights, LLC, and it is in honor and memory of Rab Yesuf Halevi Weinberg Olava Shalom, Rab Moshe Pinchas Hakoyen Katz Olava Shalom, Rab Yoel Hakoyen Khan Olava Shalom, and it is in schus merit of Rab Zevi Cheskel Hakoyen and Risha Katz, La Edech Yomim Vashanim Tevis, for many long, healthy years. We are middle of chapter 9, where the Alter Rebbe, with an elaborate example, relatively elaborate, of two leaders, two kings, battling over control of a city and discussing the, the stages of how one conquers that city. It doesn't just happen complete transformation where you conquer a city that was not under your control and then suddenly everybody is aligned with the new, so-called the new uh, king, or the new sheriff in town. But it takes stages to transform it. So, so too the two kings. And the moral are the, are that divine soul and the animal soul, ulum ulum yemots, were at war with each other, with a divine soul driven to control the small city, which is the body, and all its citizens, which are the limbs, the faculties of the human being should be driven toward godly purpose, divine transcendent goals. And the animal soul is interested in its own survival, its own needs, self-interest. So it's a battle. And now we've been elaborating on how the divine soul is driven to gain total control the word control can sound somewhat negative, but here it means total control, meaning that the human being should be completely filled, and not just partially. Just like when you conquer a city, there's still dissidents, there's still enemies, there's still uh, adversaries. Not everybody is necessarily under the guidance and accepts the new king's leadership. So the divine soul also is coming to transform a human being. And we've learned the different stages in that process. This we elaborated upon in the previous classes. What we were discussing last week is the actual process of how, as explained in chapter 3 of Tanya, the Alter Rebbe takes us back to chapter 3, that how does it actually work? What is the actual tactical approach that the divine, fac- divine faculties of the divine soul, namely the mind, contemplates and ultimately affects the emotions and gives birth to divine emotions. So the first step is to control the faculties. Remember, it's not just about literally control, dominance. A king can, control, can own a city and can control a city by dominating. And purely everyone just listening simply out of fear of, or, or fear of reprisal or fear of punishment. But the goal here is not that. The goal is that the, the community, the city, and all its inhabitants, all its citizens should cooperate, and more than cooperate, should want that the divine soul should be the dominant force in a person's life. 
And that's more than just forcing yourself. That requires not just persuasion, education, inspiration, empowerment, and so on. So to just sum up what we learned reading inside, so he said after he explained the different stages of how, I mean literally we counted eight, even nine stages of literally controlling from a state of conquering the city till you ultimately get control, until even all the forces are all aligned with the new king, in this case the divine soul. So he says, what does this mean practically speaking in the actual, what's the Aveda? What is that? How does that translate this battle? In actual battle, it's a, it's a war. It's with weapons. It's with uh, it's with the military. Here, what is the equivalent of that spiritual military, so to speak, the spiritual resources, and the spiritual arsenal of the divine soul? That the three intellectual faculties, so the mind should not be filled with. Chochma bin Adas, concept, understanding, and connection to the animal soul's intellectual interest, which is its own needs, but it should be mamulu bechabat shabenevashalikis, with the chochma bin Adas of the divine soul. She chochmas Hashem, and he spells it out. Again, this goes hand in hand with what he said in chapter three. But now he's combining it with the example of the battle, an example of the conquering, of transforming the person. The Irktana Zaguf, that's the addition in chapter 9. Shehi Chachmasa, what's the three things? Chachmas Hashem, Ubinase. So we're talking about the wisdom of God and its cognition and its understanding. So Chachmas always refers to the concept, as he explained in chapter 3, the kernel, the spark of the idea. But also the bina on the cognition, the understanding, the elaboration. That what? Lisbainan, that it's contemplating on and pondering the gedulose, the greatness, and the exalted nature. Asher aden sof, essentially the unfathomable and endless greatness of godliness. So just as it is in everything, just to use a simple example of Havdal. When you look at an awesome sight in nature and you say, wow, look at this power, the power of the Niagara Falls or some other beautiful sight. So what does that evoke? It evokes a sense of respect, a sense of reverence. But before we get to that, you first appreciate it. Your mind is appreciating the unfathomable. It's like when people look into outer space and they ponder upon it, there's a certain sense of awe that that evokes. So he's not getting yet into the sensations. We're not talking yet about the emotions. Here he's talking about this bonan. You're contemplating on, great, on God's greatness, unfathomable, which as great as anything is in nature, in this world, you're talking about God, it's even greater because he's the creator of it all. So it's like you look at a piece of art that's beautiful and you say, wow, what kind of artist created this? So that's the Chachman, the Binosa, the Zbayim B'gdul, Sashar, Adin, Chikr, Sof. And then he says, Lohelid Mehen. And that in turn, and he adds now the third, the third Mayach, Aideh Hadas. Like he explained in chapter 3, Das is necessary. Because Chachman, Bina, like a father and a mother, you need, however, their bond, their intimacy, their connection. So Das is the Iskashus. So you can contemplate on something, you can have Chachman, Bina, but if you're not fully bound, fully immersed, 
in an intimate way, it won't really take you completely. So now you have the Helod. So you can have a father and mother, and they can have a communication, but unless they are intimately connected, it's an intimate connection, and that creates the Lohelid man, that that should give birth. Just like parents actually give birth, but here it means that it should produce. What does it produce? Hayira, the reverence. Bemoiche, it's again what he said in chapter 3. The reverence in the mind, it begins always in the mind, because remember, you began by contemplating. We're not just talking about an instinctive feeling or an impulse, even if it's a divine impulse. We're talking about a, a deliberate process. And that deliberate process produces the reverence in the mind and and from the mind it travels to the heart. Like we learned in the beginning of the chapter that from the, from the, mind, from the mind of the divine soul which resides in the mind it travels to the right side of the heart which is a trepidation. So you can say reverence is more of an intellectual experience like the Midas Shebeseichel. But then becomes the Midah Shebemidah. And that's pachet, the Pachad Hashem Belibay. Now Pachad shouldn't be translated like trembling or fear as we have fear of the night or fear of, a, of, a, of an enemy or of a thief. We're talking about it, that actually trepidation that you're in the presence of such greatness. That's what the, the contemplation leads to. So now what do we have? You have the stages. That the divine soul, the king, has affected the city and the citizens of the city, and that is the mind of the person, which in turn has brought these two, the, the Yiddish Hashem B'meiche, Upachad Hashem B'libay. And then he continues, and this is where we stopped, let's continue now. Because this is still, we talked about Yira and Pachad, what about Ava? So he continues. But Ava Hashem, and it leads also from the mind that the love of God to the love of God. Now, as we discussed in chapter 3, as he explained, even though you usually have the order Ava and then Yira, but there too he began with Yira, because in the actual process, when a person first contemplates on something that is so fathom- unfathomable and awesome, the first thing is the respect for it, the reverence, before you begin to feel a longing and a love toward it. So even though Ava is technically and essentially the first of all emotions, because in in the quality, it's the primary emotion, but practically speaking, in the process, Yira begins with Yira and Pachet Delibay, the Avis Hashem. But here this is critical, because we're now going to learn, before we continue, that there's two levels in loving God. There's two levels in love in general. One is like a love of fire, a fiery love of thirst, longing. And soon we'll learn about a deeper love that's more like water, a peaceful love. Once you've quenched the thirst, there's another love. So there's a love when you don't have what the person that you love is not near you, so you have a longing, a deep longing to be with them. That's love as well. But then when you are with them, it's not like the love goes away, then it's a different type of love. It's a love of in a sense of resolve, a calm love, because now you're with the one you love. And we're going to learn these are two stages as well in the conquest of the Irktana Zehaguf. 
So let's begin with the first. So he said, Avas Hashem. But now, what kind of Avas Hashem is it? This goes back in chapter 3. He also, Ke'esh Boyara Beliboy Kirish Peshal Havis. Like a fire burning in the heart, like a flaming fire. And this is the expression, Kirish Peshal Havis, like a flaming fire. That's why you find, when you say fiery love, passionate love. And the Altareb explains, Lies Nichsefa. The soul yearns and indeed it languishes. This is from Tehillim, Pedalad Gimel 84.3. So Colson, so it says, so again, the expression, Nichsefa yearns or longs, and indeed it languishes even deeper with what? The Chasheka, the Chafetza. Both expressions. Loosely translated with fervor and desire. You could say with passion and desire. And what is the passion and desire directed toward? So here again, if you literally go word by word, you see stages. First he began, it's in the mind. The mind what? The pondering, the chokhmah bina, and bonding with it, discussions of das, with unfathomable and 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 um, infinite and endless greatness of God, that in turn brought a reverence and a trepidation and respect, which in turn brought love. But the love is not just the love keish boyer. So let's go back to the, the example of the conquest of the city. Once the city is conquered, now there's another process persuading, inspiring, empowering the citizens to join the king and see that it's good for them and not to see him as an invader. Same thing here. The divine soul can control a person for a while, but if it doesn't really transform us, doesn't really impact the inter- and internally in the, fa- the faculties, so the job is not complete. And as we said before, what does the Nefesh Alekis want? To use the language in Tanya, the exact words, it's desire and it's will. It's interesting, the word like he says here, is what? That she alone, meaning the divine soul alone, and its love for God, should be the sole control, controller and guide of the human being. And all the limbs, all the faculties should follow its uh, guidance, its authority. So that, so, so just to have love alone is a tremendous achievement. And furthermore, not just the love, but everything we said till now, but he was furthered, but the love should be burning, be a fiery love, burning in the heart. So think now, the citizens are not just loving the king, but it's a fiery burning for the king and his leadership. And furthermore, with passion and desire. All these are stages. You could have one and not have the next, so it's not as complete. And what is it that they want to, now that they've contemplated on this king and they see he's not an invader, it's not an intruder, on the contrary. 
This is someone you want to have a relationship with. And more than a ladovkebe, to attach yourself to ain't save baruchu, and not just attach, with all, the whole love and nefesh and with all the heart, soul, and might. You can imagine right away where this is coming from. He's not using the nafshecha. The, the, the He's saying just nefesh. With all your might. Heart, soul, and might. And even more than regular. Even more than just the minimum. Which is, of course, the Vahaftas Hashem Lekacha, Bechol Avavcha, Bechol Avavcha, Bechol Avavcha, Bechol Avavcha, So you could have just had the mitzvah, Vahaftas Hashem Lekacha, love God. But we're talking about a full, a full conquest, fully filling up a person completely. So it's not just enough to love, and not just enough in the heart, and not just enough in the nefesh, but also ma'oid. Which makes it complete. The Alter Rebbe is going to explain this with more words and explaining what that means. <clears throat> so what have we established so far? That the contemplation, the pondering has led now to a full emotional experience. First it began with Yir B'moyach and the Pachat Belev. The reverence and the trepidation and the respect. And now it's le- left to a longing, a love that's burning like a fire. In the heart, in the spirit, and the ma'id, and the whole might of the person, completely filling them up. Exactly what he said earlier. You could conquer a city, and you could have some of the people are with you, with a new king, with a new leader, with a new government, the new um, faculty, so to speak, the new administration. But not everybody else. But the goal is it to be complete. And there should not only should there be no opposition, but there should be everyone should be willing, in a loving way, connected and following the guidelines of the new administration, of the new leadership. But then he continues further, just to show how we go even further, because he could say, okay, is this complete? So he says, continues. No. He says like this. That this is coming from the depths of the heart, from the right, its right chamber. Remember, we learned in the beginning of the chapter that the divine soul resides where? In the mind. And from there goes to the right side of the heart. And it gives the Ruach Chaim, the oxygen, in contrast to the left side of the heart, which is the source of the blood, the fiery, passionate blood of the animal soul. So now he's, bringing, he's coming back. So now... He's explaining that this we just discussed, from the depths of the heart, in the right side of the heart. Because we're still talking about the divine soul. The question is, fine, you filled up the human being, meaning the the city and its inhabitants, is now filled with love for God. We just learned that. What happens with the animal soul? Remember, the goal is not just to love God, but also you have to contend with another force. Is the other king dead? Is the other king neutralized? Even when there's this dominance. So now we have to address that. If you recall earlier when he said, about, he said at the end, he says, the, the, these words were used. 
mehem levado. That the entire body should be filled only with what? With being a merkava and a levush to the ten faculties and the three garments of the divine soul. Should be completely filled only with them. And no stranger. But this was a war that was fought. Who says there isn't any collateral damage or something left over, some, some vest, some, some, something that remains, some remnants of the other side, of the enemy. So the Al-Tareb is now going to address that. And what does he say? Well, before that, I should read one more line. And then we're going to get to that. So now he says, so it's coming from the depths of the heart, chala yimoni, but there's a chala smoli. But before that he continues, Literally the words that I just read, moli mehem. So you see here three expressions. That means you could have the love in the right side of the heart and even in a fiery, passionate and fervor way, like we just said, with, his, with the heart and, and, and the heart and soul and might. But we have to spell out to what extent. So he says that it's That literally means, Rotsuf means like inlaid, from the word Ritzpah. Like when you pave, um, Ritzpah is, um, is a floor. And this is from the Posik in Shira Shirim. Uh, Gimel Yud. So when you pave something, you could pave just a part of it. But when you say it's like the entire floor is filled with it, so it's the whole floor. But remember, in a building, or like the floor of the city, the floor doesn't mean it's, a, it's only the bottom part. How about the higher parts of the, of the room? So the first step is that the right cham- chamber of the heart is, is inlaid with love, filled with love. Then he goes on, mole, filled to capacity. So it's more than just rotsuf, but it fills the entire, you could say it only fills the bottom part of the chamber of the right side of the heart, but not the full, so he says mole. But then he goes further, vigodush. It overflows. So it's like when you say, make kiddush. You fill a cup, you say, Mole v'gadosh. You fill the cup to the top. You could fill it only halfway. And that's also great love, with all the passion. But you fill it to the top, and gadosh, it spills over, it overflows. So now it's completely filled. There's no room for anything else. That's the extent of how the love of the divine soul has now manifested itself in the human being. But like we said... What happens with the left side of the heart? So the Alter Rebbe now continues. If it didn't spill over, you could say, you know what? The full right, the right chamber of the heart is completely filled with divine love, and with the which, which is longing to attach itself, heart, soul, and might. To the godliness. But the left side of the heart is left alone. But the conquest of the city needs to account account for the left side as well. But because it spills over, it's not just filled, so he goes, continues, 
it spills over to the point that the love spills over into the left side. So to spash it, you could, you, if you read it, hypothetically you could say he's talking about the nefesh of the divine soul, but he's saying no. The love, the love of godliness is now affecting and spilled over into the animal soul, into the left side of the heart. And to achieve what? The, the effect of this love is to subdue. Likafia is from the word iskafia. We'll soon learn about ishapcha, transforming. Now we're subduing the love of the divine uh, animal soul, which is for its own self-interest, is being subdued. Likafia is subdue the other side. Remember, sitrach is the other side. In this case, the other side of the heart, the left side of the heart. And what is that left side of the heart interested in? Remember in chapter, the end of chapter 1, he said, the four Yusaydus Haroim, the four elements, negative elements, but the primary one was what? So he says, the Sitrach, Yusayd HaMayim Haroim Shebohi, Sheboh, Shiatai Vishemiklipas Nega. So even though there's the other three elements, but as explained in a number of places, the other elements are more the expression of the, of the animal soul. The core animal soul, its desires. And where's desires come from? From the element of water. The negative element of water, which is the source, as he explained Jack at the end of chapter one, of all lusts and desires. Just like water makes things grow, all pleasurable things, so water is the source of desire. But what desires are we talking about? Not the desire to connect to God, the desires, even kosher desires and delights and pleasures. But it's indulging in your own needs. That's why he calls it Meklipas Nega. We're not talking about God forbid doing things prohibited. But it's still self-indulgent. As explained in the end of chapter 1, and later as well, when we start speaking in chapters 6 and then 7, talking about the Klippas Nega. But now what's happening? It's been subdued. Why is it being subdued? Because the love for God and godliness and the will, desire to connect to it is so profound it spilled over. It filled the person up so much. Like an example with the city, the city has been so conquered that the love of those that are connecting to the leader called the divine soul is now affecting and impacting the other side. Even those that were opposed. What does that mean? That means because we're explaining the divine animal soul is beginning to understand that it's good also for its own interest. Because remember, the animal soul is not evil. The animal soul is just self-oriented. It's klipas nega. It's a klipa, it's a shell, but it's a shell that protects the fruit within. You can explain to the shell, you're really a shell for the fruit, and your real purpose should also be for the divine because that's also pleasurable. It's like appreciating that the animal soul starts to appreciate that divine pleasure is good for it too. But in the beginning, it begins first by subduing it, by taming it. And that's what he's saying now in this level that we're going to continue learning that it's not over because we want more than just to tame and to subdue. We want to transform. But that will leave for the next year. So we see here the stages, an actual formula and a blueprint of how we can become transformed from being first self-indulgent, self-oriented creatures and human beings to using our mind and our emotions toward godliness and ultimately affecting even our animal soul.
So this class and all the others can be found at tanyaapply.com. Everyone have a good tavach, a blessed week. This has been My Life Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson. Please join us again next week. Visit chasidasapply.com for archived classes and more resources.